What's going on, family? Welcome back to another week and another episode of Unscripted, where we bring you conversations from professionals from all walks of life. We touch on their backstory, their mindset, and how they navigate through adversity and opposition. I'm your host, Akeem Haynes. Now, before we get into this week's episode and I introduce my special guest, if you could do us a huge favor, head over to Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review of the show. That simple act goes a long way in moving the podcast and growing this channel forward. If you would like to support the podcast in another way, maybe through a small donation, then you can do so at the links below through our PayPal account or by joining our Patreon. All donation goes towards creating and getting better sounding equipment so we can continue to provide great quality content and conversation. So we thank you in advance for the ones that take the time to do so. We appreciate you. You are a part of the family. So with all that being said, let's get into this week's episode and my special guest. My guest this week is 100 meter specialist Marvin Bracey. One thing about Marvin if you don't know or being introduced to him, is he's no stranger to pressure situations. He's been dealing with that as a young man, as a highly sought-after athlete in both football and track and field. In this episode, we talk about his upbringing, uh, some of the battles that he faced growing up, the challenges that he faced growing up, the circumstances that he was put in. Uh, we talk about the transition from high school to college, and we talk about him turning professional at 19 and some of the challenges that faced. We talk about the pandemic last year, how it impacted him, and it actually impacted him both negatively and positively because there were some things that he was going through and dealing with that he didn't share with many people. And as he was going through it, the pandemic with the postponed games actually gave him more time to recover from some of the things that he was battling with. So we get into that. And not too long ago with Olympic trials coming up, he recently ran a personal best of 985, which is top 10 fastest times in the world ever. In this episode, we talk about his time with the Colts and the Seattle Seahawks. No matter how much pressure that Marvin puts on himself, no matter how much pressure that other people put on him, he has already overexceeded expectations and he's already won. This is an episode that you are going to see Marvin in a different light. Not only are you going to see some of the challenges that he faced in the past, but you are going to see his relentless will to continue to strive to be the best that he can be and why he will never, ever count himself out. So without further ado, enjoy this week's episode with Marvin Bracey. What's going on, dog? Man, I'm just I'm just out here, man. What's up with you, man? You got a uh, practice later, you said. You know, we um so today we were supposed to be uh we were supposed to have practice, but he he gave us off because we race on Monday instead of uh, Sunday. Monday, where y'all going Monday? Yeah, we got we got a here in uh in Jacksonville on Monday. Oh, the, okay. the uh little circuit thing they're bringing it here. I'll be seeing that, man. They be paying y'all a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Bro, man, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you jumping on, man. Um, got a lot of things that I kind of want to get into, man. But we're gonna go backwards before we go forwards, bro. Um, Let's do it. A lot was going on last year, right? right, on the track and off the track, but cancellation of the games. Um, what was going through your head last year, man? Just navigating through it from the aspect of uncertainty, where you've been training for something for so long, but also, man, 
the mental capacity as a, you know, off the track individually, and then give me a positive from last year, man. Well, okay, so my positive is actually going to be a negative for some people. <laughs> but I, and yeah. I posted a, and what I mean to say is, okay, so last year, man, many people don't know that, you know, I walked away from track after making the games in 2016. I walked away, I decided that I want to play football. I did that, you know, I gave it a try for three years. It didn't work out how I wanted it to, but, you know, it was an itch I needed to scratch and mm. okay with failing, you know, but I can say I tried. And so um, for me, you know, coming back, I started training right after Doha. So after Doha, I got on and started, I lost the weight, started training. I was down with uh, with Lance Brahman. And then I actually ended up getting kicked out of the group. Mm. Mm. I didn't know that. Didn't know that. Yeah, I was there. I was there, man. The day before, the day before Thanksgiving, I ended up, uh, my agents got a call from, you know, one of the higher ups and uh, in the Adidas, you know, organization. And like, man, I don't want Marvin training there no more. Didn't tell me why. No, didn't tell us why. I just said, get him out of there. So I had to, you know, um, reach out, start doing some networking, you know, um, still train, end up having a, successful indoor season got took second at the usa indoor championships i ran a with 649 i think christian won with 637 and so that's you know i ended up signing with nike like right after that mm. or you know in a hunt for a coach so yeah. i could you know throw out loved in this great guy actually almost ended up there um you know john smith came up um actually i even reached out to christian coleman and i was about to go to uh, kentucky but then, you know, in the nick of time, somebody called me and was like, hey, Raina Riders up in Jacksonville, man, you might want to, you know. So I reached out to him and, you know, I've been here ever since. And so I get here somewhere around March of last year, you know, training, everything's going good. We won one, one outdoor race in, um, in my bird at Dennis Mitchell's track, run one race. And I knew I wasn't feeling right, but man, I just, I didn't want to make excuses. So I still yeah. went out there and um, on a Saturday, come Monday, I ended up having surgery because I had a uh, my my appendix ruptured. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. So yeah, man. So my appendix ruptures. I'm in the hospital for like a week. I get out. I come home for like two days. Still not feeling right. Yeah. I go back to the hospital. Kind of find out like I had something inside of my intestines, like the size of like a little halo orange blocking like everything down there because I kept like throwing up and everything and I ended up they ended up slitting me from my belly button down to like my pubic area slip go in take it out I was in the hospital for about two and a half weeks I was home for about a week or so you know on the up and up end up you know running fevers running headaches all kind of stuff I'm like damn man I got COVID I knew it mm. hospital I was in there for like four or five days turns out I had an infection from the surgery. From surgery, yeah. So long story short, I ran one outdoor race and ended up having two surgeries and a little another minor procedure. So my 20 was donezo. So with the Olympics being canceled, that was my positive. I was like, shit, hey man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey. Man. Hey, I, Bro, so all of that I, was la- all of that was 2020. Yeah, I couldn't leave my house from like July to like September, man. Like, I wasn't mad. I was like, shit, I'm glad y'all can't run. <laughs> oh, man. You was already in isolation. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so my pop, that was my positive. You know what I'm saying? Like, it sucked, but it was like, man, I, need, I needed that time. You know, I needed more time to boot back up and get my body back, man. And 
And it took some time to, you know, feel back to normal because think about what we do as sprinters, man. Like we take our body to that, you know what I'm saying? So I couldn't even stand up straight. I couldn't even pick my son up. Mm, jeez. So, I couldn't live over 10 pounds. Like, you know, so for me, I'm like, man, I'm glad y'all can't run shit. I ain't. <laughs> so, y'all. <laughs> man, you know, bro, part of the reason why I started this podcast, bro, is because of stories like that. You know what I'm saying? You get, you get one of the things, and just to even backpack off what would happen the other day when we're watching uh, Westbrook and watching Trey Young and all the stuff that would happen to them. And I'm like, man, y'all don't know what these cats are going through. And then you're going to you're treat them like that, right? Yeah, so the yeah, so the backstory is really what I wanted. What I really wanted to, you know, make sure I get that highlighted. All that stuff right there, bro. Man, that would have took a lot of people out, and not make them want to yeah. go ahead and go continue. I pride I pride myself on that, man, because I mean I've been dealt so many losing cards in my life, man. But yet, you know, I come out victorious, man. It got nothing but God right all over it. I actually tweeted that the other day, man. It got nothing but God right all over it because that was a recipe for disaster. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't, I didn't suffer hamstring injuries. And all kind of stuff. I would rather deal with that than what I dealt with last year, man. Like I, cause I was, I was uncertain. Like I literally couldn't, I couldn't stand up for like a month and a half. I'm literally walking in my house hunched over, like couldn't do stuff for myself, couldn't take care of myself, you know. And I was what 26 years old, like you know, wondering, like, damn, am I ever gonna be the same again? Mm. Will I ever run fast again? You know. And that's, those are the type of things that go through your mind after you know a week of just sitting on the couch, like I can't even. I lost. I went. I went from 170 to 150 pounds. Bro, I ain't been 150 pounds since I was a, a freshman in high school. <laughs> so I'm like, man, some man, this ain't this ain't it, man. This ain't it. And you know, I don't, but the thing is, like me, man, like, and I see some athletes do it, and you know, I, I have a problem with it. I, I don't knock it, but I'm just not the type of person that's just gonna put my business out there. Like, I don't like to feel like I'm making excuses. Cause either you run fast or you don't. They, they, these people don't care about none of that, man. These people don't, you know, so they don't care. When you ain't running fast, whether you hurt whether you retire, well, no matter what's going on, bro, if you're not running fast or your name, your, your name ain't creating a type of buzz in the media, they don't care about you. You know, they don't highlight your life. They don't come in, you know what I'm saying? They don't do that. So mm-hmm. it's like, I ain't, they don't care that I was hurt. So I just didn't really talk about it. It's like, whatever, man. Like, I, I deal with it on my own. And when I come back, I come back. Man, it's funny because you always been, at least when I met you, you always won those cats who don't make excuses. You just go in there and do your thing. Man, I but this, this was a later question that I had. But since we're on this topic, man, during that time, bro, you know, a lot of things people don't understand behind the scenes and not only athletes, but people in general, you get to a place where you face with adversity, opposition and hardships. And depending on the state and the people around you, you can feed into that and you can be in a state of depression, man. So during that moment, bro, man, how did you stay? How did you stay positive? How did you stay encouraged to not only? Yeah, you, you're trying to get back on a track, but this is everyday living. <laughs> How did you how did you navigate well, through that, bro? So, you know, being in this group, man, it's it's you're around, we're around some killers. Like we got Divine oh, we got Andre DeGrasse, we got you know Christian Taylor, we got Trayvon Bromel, Hakeem Sonny Brown, Taekwondo Tracy, Sanajay, Andre, you I man, we got so many t- top dogs around you, man. And being able to train with people like that every day and and, and seeing what y'all go through, like. You know, me and Trey are probably the closest out of everybody here because I've been knowing this man. He's from Florida. I've been knowing him since high school. So we've always been cool. And, you know, in that in that particular uh, time, the man would call me. He would call me every day. We FaceTime like every day. Every every day, man, he just called me. And, and then we won't even talk about nothing. We just sit on the phone, man. And it was just because at that time, you know, COVID is at its all-time yeah. high. So 
I'm in the, I'm in the hospital. I can't have my, no visitors. My family can't come in. They can't bring me nothing. Like I'm in the hospital for three three and a half weeks by myself. Like nobody around. I can't I can't. It's like prison. I can't I can't leave, and they can't come. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, man, I just you just had to lean on friends, man. I just called him out and seeing him run, man, and man, you know, and knowing his story. He has a, you know, hopefully you get to talk to him. He has a great comeback story. You know what I mean? When I went out in 16, he had towards Achilles, you know, had a couple surgeries. It wasn't really, you know, going right. Switch coaches to over here. And now he was back on the up and up. So seeing him and seeing his level of success, man, I'm one of those people, man, I, I don't have no jealous bone in my body. Mm. In this sport right here, man, no matter what I think or what I do, it does not affect the next man. So it was nice to see this man come back. And it made me, I looked at myself like, you know what, man, I can do that. This, 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 this won't be the end. Like this is, this is not how I'm going. I'm not going, my stomach is not taking me out. Mm. It's going to take yeah. from an alien spaceship to end the earth before I, you know what I'm saying? Like it ain't, it ain't going to be, it ain't going to be this. So it's just every day, man. Like I, you know, I start to feel a little better mentally and you know, in this game, man, it's all about here. You can have it in ease, but if you don't got it here, man, you, you know, good. So just mentally, I just stayed in my faith, man, and and just prayed on it every day, and just you know, if, if this is if this is it, it is. But if not, then I'll be back. Man, one of my favorite scriptures, bro, that got me through many dark times, right? Not even on the track. I think I know for me, track adversity, you know, it was it was tough at the time. But I've been homeless before, so it's a little different. One of the scriptures, man, is Galatians six verse nine: Do not be weary for doing good, for at the proper time you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. You know what I'm saying? But just to have those people in your life like that, bro, you know, man, it's, 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 it's very essential, bro. But what I think people don't understand about you, bro, is uh, you've been dealing with pressure for a long time. You know what I'm saying? In high school, man, you know, going back to Boone, you know, you were a dual sport athlete, successful on the track, successful off the track. And that can come with so many different pressures in one area. Going back to those times, man, as you reflect on those times, bro, what was that like handling that situation, right? Because you're having everybody who wants a piece of you, but then you got to keep yourself grounded away from the track as well too, away from the football uh, field. What was that like? It's funny that you bring that up, man, because I was just having this conversation with the guy who was my coach in high school. And I was trying to tell him, like he wanted me to be basically like so militant in my mind, but he mm -hmm. didn't understand coming from me, man. Like my dad died. My dad was killed by a police officer when I was 10, long before all this, you know, Black Lives Matter movement and all of this, defund the police, bull, you know, long before all this stuff ever existed, my daddy lost his life to a cop running, got shot seven times in the back, you know, I was yeah. 10 years old, my mom had me, at, I had, my, mom had, my mom had me, at, she was at 16, she was 16, and she had my little brother at one, so my dad's dead, his dad's dead, yeah, so a mother of two, you know, uh, 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 she's a mother of two, by the age of 21, you know, section eight, food stamps, wick, shit like that. So those are my circumstances growing up. And for me, man, I saw her never fold. Like I, I watched this lady saying strong in the toughest of times. And so when you see that, especially from a woman, mm -hmm. it's like that was instilled in me without her having to actually put it in me. I just yeah. saw it. So it was what I saw. So when I got to high school, you know, I come from the hood to going to the one of the whitest of high schools in Orlando, Florida. And it was a culture shock. But then when I became, you know, when I went from Marvin to being Marvin Bracey, you know, like you said, it came with so much pressure, you know, being a two-sport athlete. Now I'm looked at as a savior. Like, you know, I got to take care of <laughs> I got family to take care of you know what I'm saying? And so, but at the end of the day, it all came so fast, man. And people that don't understand athletics or don't understand sports have never been in this realm. Like, they don't understand that, bro. Like, yeah, you love the fact that you're a talented athlete, but sometimes you still just want to be a regular person. Like, I want to be a regular high school kid and, and, and enjoy spring break 
and 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 and, and, and you know, stay up dude, all night, eat chips, be just be just be watching movies, just be chilling. Somebody eat bad food. I wanted to do all that, but it was like, man, I had to, you know. But then on the other hand, I wanted to be the greatest high school athlete of all time. Yeah. You know, so it was like, man, I had to find like a balance. But there really is no balance because one has to suffer for the other to prevail. Like it just, it, you got you got to sacrifice something. Mm-hmm. And it was time, you know, because I went from, like you said, I went from playing football. Football started like July, August, and ended like early December, late November, early December. Mm-hmm. And then you know, high school track really starts like late January, early February. Yeah, right away. And then, you know, I was doing summer track and USATF events and stuff like that. So all that stuff goes through June. You know, then come back again in July and do it all over again. So it's like, I never really had time to just, you know. Breathe. So it was like, yeah, yeah I do this. Got to go do that. Got to go do that. So it did come with a lot of pressure, man. But it's like, it's it's the price of fame. It's like, at the end of the day, how bad do you want it? And I realized that I wanted it, you know, bad enough. So I made the the, the conscious decision to sacrifice being a normal high school app, a normal high school kid to become a phenomenal high school athlete, you know, and it took me to college. And then after one year of college, I realized, man, I don't got to be here. Like, I went pro at 19 years old. I saw one of these. I was like, I'm out of here, man. Man, you know, it's, it's, and before we touch on that college part, because, man, that right there is remarkable by itself, man. But, you know, when you are seeing certain things happen in your life, right, you know, you see your, you know, you see what happened to your dad and your mom, you know, my mom had me when she was 19, right? So the situation was, you know, she was working three jobs. So I rarely saw her. You know what I'm saying? But she taught me, she taught me a lot of invaluable lessons without actually teaching me. But then you're still stuck in kind of this place of isolation, man. Um, but I remember I made a decision one day, man, where I said, um, every time that I come into this house, I'm gonna be some, I'm gonna be better. I'm gonna be something different. Didn't necessarily know what that looked like, but I made a promise to myself, man. During those times, bro, obviously, you know, there's still stages that you have to work through, speeds that you have to get to, man. But how what did you envision during that time, man? Like, like what, what, what kept you level-headed to say, man, I may not want to make the sacrifice today. I may not want to do this, but I, if I do this, I can get here, man. What was that vision like at that age during that time? Man, you know, growing up, seeing my circumstances, like you couldn't actually tell me that I didn't know how much we didn't have until like I got to high school and well, I started becoming, I became a good athlete in high school. And I started hanging around, you know, all the, you know, the wealthier white kids, you know, that on the team and stuff like that. And I started to see like, damn, wait a minute, y'all, y'all house. <laughs> I ain't, bro, I listen, the first time I ever lived in a house, I was 20 years old and I got it for myself. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, y'all live in a, you got your own room? Wait a minute, that's a, that's a garage, you know what I'm saying? Just seeing stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's like, man, like, I'm like, oh, so, okay, how you, okay, so this is how you get to okay, so this is how you get to that. And so every time I wanted to, you know, do some normal high school stuff, it was like, man, but I want that though. I want this my family, you know. So I want to, you know, I don't know. I got my, my son is on the other side of this door, you know, probably in there sneaking playing YouTube because it doesn't give me that. You know, I can't I can't hear it. So I know he's doing it's quiet. He's doing something. He's he doing, doing something, man. I know. But what I doing. always made a promise, man. I knew a long time ago that I wanted kids, you know what I'm saying? And I made a promise to myself and to them before they were ever born that y'all will have everything I never had. Mm. I actually got started on that early because my little brother is 14 years well he was 14 I was 19 he was 14 when I went pro he moved in with me so his freshman year of high school and he's lived with me ever since he's 22 now be 23 this year he's lived with me you know and um, I, you know I, I, like I said I, I made a promise that I'm gonna give him everything I never had and also I was doing you know my mama a favor because that's less money she's spending in her own household with him because now I got it so just for me man like wanting to give my family that life the life that we know that we, I feel like we deserve. 
is what kept me going, man, because it's like, it's like, I, I, I can't fail. And that, that type of mentality is what got me through this whole stomach situation. It was like, man, I, I can't, this can't, I can't, I can't, I can't let them down now. Like, I feel like I'm let, even though, you know, they probably wouldn't look at it as a letdown to me. I feel like I let y'all down because, you know, I, I'm, 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 I feel like I was destined for greatness, man. Bro, and I'm I'm a, down. Man, bro, I'm a, I'm gonna tell you this from now, bro. And this may not be something that you may, you may understand it when you're out of it, but there is no way that you could have let them down, bro. You have over exceeded expectations already off the jump, right? So I think it's just, I think it's just important to know that, bro, and to just, and to just understand that, man, the path and the decisions that you have made to get to this point, not only for yourself, but for them to have a better life as well, bro. You've over exceeded that, man. And that's one thing that uh, we often don't think about while we're in it. But man, that's admirable, bro. You, 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 you doing great numbers. And I don't even think many people realize that, man. But hopefully this gives them an understanding of, you know, just again, going back to pressure, because we all got to face it. No, 100 percent man. But you know, when you when you that close, man, like I was so close that, you know, I could taste it. Yeah. And so it's like then, you know, it was snatched up, you know, up under me. But it's like I'm I'm a huge believer in God, man. You know, I'm not. You know, I'm not one, I'm not the type of person that just, you know, throws my faith, you know, all out there. And, you know, because it is what it is. Like, you talk to me, you get to know me, then you'll know, you know, what I'm all about. But, you know, man, I'm a strong believer because, like I said, I've been, like, I've, I've come back from so many situations. Like, people don't know. In 2016, you know, in 2016, um, well, actually, no, in 2014, I was, like, you know, kind of emerged, you know, I ran a good, I ran good indoors, got indoor silver medal. But outdoors, it didn't translate. I'm looking at my coach, like, hey, man, what the? I was around six, four indoors. Like, what the, was my nine seconds at? And he was like, well, Marvin, you didn't take ball training seriously. Like, this is where you build that endurance to run down the track. I'm like, all right, cool. So the season ends. I come back in 2015. I start running nine seconds everywhere. I'm like, okay. I done ran a couple of nines, you know, warming up for USA uh, championships uh, to make the team in uh, Beijing. I pulled my hamstring and warming up, but I still went out there and ran the first round. I think I ran like 994 with like 2.1. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll be back tomorrow. Woke up the next day, couldn't lift my leg. Season's over. Amazing. So then I'm like, okay. so I'm like, I'm looking at my coach, like, hey, yo, what the, yo, what's going on, bro? I'm like, what you? And he was like, well, Marvin, you, you did fall training, you took it seriously, but off the track, you didn't take, you know, you didn't take care of yourself like you, like a professional athlete. And, then, and he was right, like, it wasn't that I was doing stupid stuff. It was just like, if I was feeling good today, I, I'm cool on a massage today, like I feel fine. I'll bounce back, I'll be back. And you know, over time, and that body, you start putting all that, that run on that body, and it is what you know. It is what happens. And so I was like, okay, so 2016, I'm going to take fall training seriously. I'm going to take care of myself off the track. I'm going to do everything right. Start doing everything, you know, right. My stomach started hurting throughout the season. I'm like, man, something ain't right. I can't even lift my legs. Mm -hmm. I find out I got a hernia. Mm. But I, I, I'm like, man, okay, I, can't, I ain't getting a surgery right now because I'm going to miss USA championships. Yeah. So I was taking cortisone shots for the pain. And I was mm -hmm. actually having Superman. I got to the games and I, I needed one, but I, I couldn't get one. And that's why I actually, I, I ran, I mean, I ran 1008 in the semis, finished 14th overall, but I couldn't lift my leg the next day. And so that's why they scratched me from the relay. So Mike Rogers ended up running in my place. And then we got DQ, man. I was like, get up here, dog. Hey, man. Hey, we had to slide in there for third, bro. I ain't, I ain't going to say nothing. <laughs> I was, bro, I was, I'm, I'm, in, I'm hot. I'm so hot, dog. Even though I wasn't going to get a medal, I was like, man, I just wanted to, you know, and then that's when Trey, his foot pooped out on him in the race. He fell at the finish line. 
and like all kind of stuff. So, man, you know, people, like I said, I, but I've never really talked about this. Like, I've talked about these two people, like in person, but like I've never went on, really went on record because people don't care about that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? They care about did you do it or did you didn't. And so, man, I, like I said, I've come back from from stuff like that, man. And so, I know that there's a higher power, and I know that you know, this is just what I'm meant to do. Man, everybody's always going to have an opinion, bro, regardless of what we do. Man, every time I go and speak to school, I always say, look, man, a person could solve world hunger and someone would say, well, why just do it that way? Right. <laughs> and I want to go back to uh, the Florida State transition where you decided to go pro because then you, mean, you went there to play football and run track. And yeah. so in those situations, you're facing that pressure moment of one, making the decision of which school to go to, but now you're hearing people's opinions, but they don't know certain things because it was an injury that made you make a certain decision, correct? Walk me through a little bit of that process, man. And, and, and what were some of the things that you were hearing um, when you said, you know what, I'm going to go pro because I'm sure there are people who are saying, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> Man, listen, yeah, listen. I'm so, so I'm, I'm so glad that that's right. Like when that happened, like I was on Twitter, but I wasn't like really into Twitter. I think I joined Twitter like like twelve, thirteen ish. Like I, so I missed like I trended on Twitter because of that situation. But so I'll start with football. So I come in wide eyed freshman. You know, I'm fast. Like everybody, you know, loves to see me run. You know, I get on the field first day of training camp. First day of training camp. I pull my hamstring. Mm. First day, running the post route. I'm talking about, I didn't buck, call it busy. Yeah. Get busy, feel my hamstring. Pull. I'm like, oh my God, here we go again. Pull my hamstring. So I was out of training camp for like two, two and a half weeks. And they came to me and was like, hey man, like Jimbo want to see you back on the field, man. You've been making improvement. Like they want to see you practice. It's like, if you know, if you plan on playing this season, like you got to practice. And I'm like, all right, cool. But like, I couldn't, I, I couldn't, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Like I couldn't learn the plays. I like, go so hard for me learning the plays just and all the concepts and like everything. So they ended up making me practice. Well, not making me practice, but it, I practiced. And I really wasn't like, I was no good. I couldn't run full speed. Like I was like 75%, man. Mm, yeah. I like, think compression sleeve to put on my hamstring and it just, like, I just, but I couldn't really open up like I really wanted to. So I couldn't be as fast as they wanted me to. So they just decided to, they decided to redshirt me, which was probably the best decision. Yeah. Cool. It's the season, track comes around. So I, now we play our bowl game on like January 2nd, track come around. I'm like, okay, this is where I'm gonna make my name. This is where it's gonna, this is where my story starts, right here. I rested for like a week, jump on the track, practice for like a week and a half, two weeks. End up going to the Arkansas Invitational. I ran like 661, 662, something like that. Two weeks later, come back for the Randall Tyson invite, 654, break the FSU record. I remember like, okay. that. I remember that. I was like, geez, this guy's skating. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm here. Like they got me, okay. Go on, go on win ACC, ACC champ. Okay. Then they picked me to win. They, I was the favorite to win nationals. False start. I'm like, ain't that a bitch? <laughs> I'm like, get out of here, man. <laughs> so false start, Ken was hot. So then D-Lock falls up behind me. He's super hot. So then we like we, we put it behind us. We go to Florida Relays. And I it was weird because I got a weird feeling, but I know it's gonna come from. I get past six, I get to like 70 meters in the 100 meter dash. Oh, I get to like something. And I pull my hamstring. I uh, say same one, same feeling, same uh, everything. Oh my goodness. Not come on, not like this, not like this. Don't do me like this. So 
I ended up uh, that day, and that day I ended up going back to uh, go back to Tallahassee. Um, I just rest up and I just start thinking, like, man, like, okay, like, Marvin, like, what are we gonna do? Like, what, what's going on? Now the 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 chance to go pro had already like came knocking, but I turned, I said no, I wanted to go to school first. Yeah. So the next day, Ken schedules a treatment, and I was I went to church just to clear my head. You know what I'm saying? I always makes you feel better. I go to church. I get I go to the treatment. I'm th- I'm like 30 minutes late. So I get there and nobody's in the training room. I call Ken and I'm like, yo, like what's what's going on, man? Like nobody's here. He was like, yeah, you're late. I'm like, okay, I'm 30 minutes late. Like, was it for the team or was it only for me? And he just went and he went to going off. And I was like, hey, like, hey, yo, hey, hey, coach, like. I, I signed up for football, bro. Like, you, I mean, I was the number one sprinter in my class, but I signed up for football. Track got me for free. Like, bro, like, you can chill. Like, I ain't got to be on this team. Mm-hmm. I play football. And we just kept on going back and forth. I hang up, boom, call my agent. Stellar Athletics. Hey, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. I told him, I was like, listen, what can it, what can I do this do for me? What can y'all, I said, what can y'all do for me right now? He was like, give me five minutes. I'm coming right back. Bloop. He hang up five minutes, come back five, 10 minutes. He was like, hey, they're willing to offer you this. I said, I'm going to pack my bags two more. Um, my bags is packed. I'm on my way. Mm-hmm. I made another call. I called a, a, friend, a close friend of mine. And I was like, yo, um, I'm out of here. Like, this is, I just got the phone. I'm gone. And he was like, okay, Marvel, look. It was April 2nd, April 3rd. He was like, listen, take your exams. for Stay for another, stay for this last month. Take your exams. They're going to be there. Think about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So, like two weeks in, I'm still thinking, I'm like, okay, I'm still going to class for like two weeks. I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay, man. I ain't going to leave, man. Like, I, I like being in Tallahassee. Like, it's cool. You know, whatever. I ain't going to leave. I'm going to stay. The last two weeks, man, something just came over, man. I was like, I'm out of here. I stopped going to class. I didn't take the final exams. I was like, man, I'm going to pro. I ain't going you know, to take care of my family, man. I don't need this, you know. And so I made a decision to go pro. And then, man, oh, that shit came with so much backlash. The whole FSU fan base was at my neck. Like, why would he do that? He's never going to make it. And blah, 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 blah. Cool. All right. You know, y'all don't know me. You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't know what I went through. Y'all don't know, you know what I'm saying? You don't know what these last eight to 10 months have been like for me. You know what I'm saying? But, and y'all don't care. Y'all, all y'all care about is, you know, what I can do for this team. And that's fine because I ain't going to do a damn thing for this team. This team. Looking back, Marvin, in retrospect, as you, as we talk about and reflect it, would you do anything different? Absolutely not. I would, yeah, left earlier. Well, I might never. Yeah, not sign my letter of intent. <laughs> man, you a fool, man. <laughs> hey, nah, bro, people don't understand, man. Cause like, but like, you know, these this is people behind somebody on the keyboard at a desk somewhere on their chair and they you know what I'm they don't understand. I'm a kid, bro. I was 18 years old. They don't mm-hmm. understand what I went through. Mm-hmm. And no, it's not something, it's not the worst story in the world. No, I didn't have the worst of conditions. Yes, D1 athletes get treated very nice to a certain extent, but it's also a tier system within that system. Mm-hmm. So I'm a D1 athlete, but I'm at the bottom totem pole white shirt maggot d1 athlete until you start becoming you know so you start doing something for the program then you kind of you know god tier i I wasn't there and so at the end of the day man like i i I ain't gotta take this i got an option now a lot of those guys don't got an option football is their way out but track is their way out people go to people go to college to become a professional athlete people go to college as an athlete to become a professional athlete i skipped the line Mm -hmm. yeah i kicked out all over again man i could have got my hamstring could have got right and yeah. my career would have because they don't they, they, they you know as long as you can run they feel like you can play that yeah. does not mean 
<laughs> well, I, they, my, my team, my 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 staff, my coaching staff, and now they make fun of me now because I still have that mentality though. Like if I can walk, I can run, and I'm good. And I tell so, right, man, my hamstring be tight, quads be tight. Hey, how are you feeling? Man? I'm good, coach. I'm good to go. Getting the rep and do something. He like you thought you was good to go. Nah, you ain't good to go. <laughs> nah, coach, I ain't good. I ain't good. I'm, I'm tripping. <laughs> Fine. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, but in this sport right here, you know firsthand, bro. In this sport right here. Yeah, you might not be a hundred, but bro, hey, you got, sometimes I, I gotta tell myself, man, it's just in my head. You gotta mm-hmm. tell yourself because listen, this won't no way on nobody. That them days gonna keep coming. These track meets gonna keep happening. These people gonna keep running. Man, making the transition to professional, right? In 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 college, a lot of things, a lot of things is really done for you. You just gotta show up at a certain time. You hop on the bus, you go on a plane. But now as a professional, man, walk me through some of the things that you had to deal with as a professional. One from well, you got to develop your own routine and your schedule now, right? So now you got to kind of translate that. And and I think this is one of the things that I think hurts a lot of uh, athletes who are doing well in the NCAA season and they transition out, right? Because the, the sport may be the same, the training may be the same, but that's only a small portion of your day. So walk me through a little bit about what it meant um, as a professional for you, because professional means different things now, because now you control your eating, you control how you're getting to the meet and you got to do other things. Nobody is going to say, Hey, Marvin, let me do all of this for you. What was that like for you? Did you struggle with it at the beginning? Uh, okay. So I'm gonna give it to you from two different perspectives. And what I mean by that is I'm gonna give it to you from a, from just a, a strictly track and field perspective and also a life perspective. And I'll get into life first. So I went from living at home with my mom and my brother and my grandma who we all live together and you know my mom obviously paid all the bills i didn't work in high school you know i didn't i mean i was two sport athlete like i didn't really have time for it so you ain't had no time bro you had no time and so i went from living with my mom she's taking care of all the bills and arrangements and everything so i didn't even have to pay bills to going to college now i am a professional athlete i came in as a what i mean i am a collegiate athlete a d1 athlete i came in like a four-star football player so i mean i don't get me wrong that's a nice treatment and so we think about the, the, they, they pay for everything it's full ride scholarship books tuition housing meals they took care of everything I don't see the bills being paid. It's just getting paid. I just wake up and go to class and go to practice and go home, go to the games, go to the meets, go home. They, they, they coordinate the buses and the plane rides and everything. They do all that. So I don't, I don't even know how to book a damn flight yet. <laughs> so from that to, you know, I leave what, May 1st of 2013. I moved out of Claremont. I go pro. They put all this money in my account. Like, okay, you figure it out. Mm. Figure out what? You know, when, when are bills due? What, what mm. is a down deposit? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where, where do I go? Where, you know, they just give me addresses. Go here, go there, go do that, go do that. And so the the the, the, the schedule starts to set itself up as far as like practice and stuff goes. And you when you get in that groove, it's like, okay. But then from a track and field perspective, like you said, everything is on you. Like, I mean, I ate what they cooked at the stadium in, in college. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't myself yeah. like that. I, look. So then I, I get on my own. I'm like, shit, the first my first night, I'm like, yeah, I'm hungry. Like <laughs> Bro, I don't even have pots and pans, bro. <laughs> I don't have pots and pans. Like, what am I, what am I doing? Bro said I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. Like, I'm hungry. Nobody ain't gonna cook. Like, <laughs> I open the door and it's just me. Like, <laughs> and I told I was what? I was 19. I was 19, bro. I opened the door like, I'm hungry. Like, and yeah. I, I don't want to find a damn thing in there. It's because I had just moved in. I opened it. You know, I had to go buy something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, had to, I had to go do something. So, yeah. You know, then I, and I had a couple of people in place to help, but then, man, listen, my first day, of practice, so my next day, the next day, I ended up going to practice for the first time, and that's, I was training with Tyson Gay. 
at the time, I don't. So I had seen him in person once or twice, but I don't know him. I never talked to him. So I get out there and I tell Coach Brahman, I was like, it is Tyson, right? He was like, yeah, I was like, I want to train him every day. I want his ass every day. I don't care what we got, Coach. I want to train with him. And so one day, one day he invited me over his house. A nice ass house. He invited me over his house. And I was just hanging out. He got, he never told me to leave. Like I was just hanging out. I was late. I was <laughs> he was about to move in, bro. <laughs> bro, I was gonna, I was the first. Listen, like you know how they say, be the first one in, last one to leave. I was the first one in, bro. We he invited the group over, and I was the last one to leave. I'm talking about, bro. I know he here, the young. You know, I ain't catching the hand. I'm staying, bro. I'm not going nowhere. I'm here. We friends now. You invite me over. Oh, <laughs> bro, you killing me, bro. <laughs> bro, it was the best worst thing he could have ever did, right, for me, because like. When I was hanging out, so as I was getting ready to leave, it's late. I'm talking about, bro, it's like one, two in the morning. Like, I'm going to leave. I'm like, bro. He's like, he's like, hey, man, you know what I mean? I don't really be doing nothing, man. You always invited over. That man, you mean that? All right, cool. To this day, I got his gate code. I don't even tell him I'm coming to his house. I just show up, bro. He ain't, I'm, I'm just, and I'm going to call him. Hey, I'm outside your house. Come open the door. I know you're home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, I don't even listen. So he got pool table and like a, a, a theater upstairs. I don't hang out with him. I want to talk to him. Come on, freeload, man. Go in there, watch movies, play the game, play the pool. Good time. Like, he forget, listen, it's been time he he it be time he forget I'm there. Like, yeah, I'm in there hanging out so long. I'm coming here. Like, now I'm not hungry. I don't want to eat. Don't, don't talk to me. You know, like and so listen. Like, he been inviting me over, and like I've been like a parasite, bro. I would I never leave alone. Like I just I saw he gave me his number. Oh my god, bro. I'm on all kind of tips. Like I'm te- hey, bro. How you you know what you do for the you know what you take all that and so. But he's been he's been nothing short of extraordinary man like he's been a big he's been a big brother i always wanted because i'm the oldest on my mom's side and my dad's side by like five six years so i never really had you know a bigger yeah. old, my mom was never married my mom, my mom was a g she was never married so i never really had like an older male figure to really guide me and he was you know everything i could ever ask for bro i think mentorship is one of the most important things that people don't talk about right because especially as young athletes and young people in general no matter what age it is, we think that we know everything and we'll figure it out as we go. But there's a reason why they say learn from the mistakes of other people because you can't make them all by yourself. Apart from Tyson Gay, man, were there some other people, maybe in your group or maybe in your personal life that helped you uh, helped you out in that aspect? Because man, from what you just mentioned, you gotta buy groceries. So that's one thing that you gotta do. Um, then you have to set up you know, certain things when it comes to um negotiation of contracts maybe when it goes to flying overseas what what was that process like man because at, at the time okay so yes at the time um i had this guy his name was mike he actually lived with me my first year professional because like i said bro I, so i tell you a funny story back one time i was hanging out with this girl me and this girl go out whatever and you know we having a good time and night was kind of young and she was like hey you know if you won't like i'll come back over and like hang out cool <laughs> yeah that's cool so we walk in the house bro and i i cannot make this up we walk in the house bro and my lights are off i'm like what the i ain't pay the bill <laughs> mm. Mm. yo i'm like okay i gotta get together but what am i what am i doing so the dude might he ended up living with me for my my first season pro and just showed me you know automatic bill pay and and groceries and you know some I mean some stuff in the kitchen but yeah man like and then he's also I mean he's he was he was he was a real dude so he was gonna you know, show me you know life stuff you know just how you know managing your money 
and stuff like that. You know, luckily I had a great agency that was, you know, making sure that all the fights and stuff was taken care of so that I wasn't really worried about, you know, that stuff because I don't know how the hell I'm going to get to the Czech Republic. I don't even know where to fly into. <laughs> you know, I don't know what times to leave. I don't know nothing. And so like, you know, they, being that I was so young, they always made me travel with other athletes. At the time we had Curtis Mitchell with our agency, um, Tiffany Townsend, Alonzo Edwards, who's actually really still really a good friend of mine. Uh, so I always, wherever we went, I always went with somebody until, you know, I grew up a little bit and it was like, okay, we can send Marvin on his own now. Last couple questions, bro. Um, first time you broke 10 seconds, right? A lot of people talk about it. You know, many people wish they can do it. You know, I got close, but I never done it. People who are sitting on the, sitting on the couch think they can just hop on a track and run fast, man. What did that feel like, bro? What did it mean to you? Because out of the However many people who have ran track and field, if if my math is correct, it's been less than 150. Yeah, we did. I just did it. I looked it up the other day. Me and yeah. Yeah. What did that feel like, bro? Because again, millions of people have done track and they've done track well, but they weren't able to break that 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 barrier. What did that feel like for you, man? Man, it was it was so it was so surreal to me, man, because you know, the best gifts are the most unexpected ones. Come on now, bro. Come on now, bro. When you don't think, like, you know, somebody, you might get on the track and you know you're going to win on sex. And yeah, it still felt great that you did it, but you like, you knew, okay, I've been trying. Bro, I can't, so I had, a, I ended up having, I ended up nursing a little small hamstring injury. I go to um, Tom Jones invite. I go to Tom Jones. I got second. Keston Bledman won with 10.01. I ran 10.11. I end up getting put on the, uh, the standby list for the Doha Diamond League. So I was in Doha for the meet, but nobody pulled out. So I, I didn't get to run. And I felt good. I knew I felt really good, but I didn't know how good. Mm. So I go from Doha to, to Beijing for the World Challenge meet. And then that's actually, this is back when Gatlin was running 9-7 everywhere. Gatlin was there. And I'm like, okay, he's going to beat me today. I don't care, man. <laughs> yes, sir. He pulls out. Uh-huh. Pulls out of the meet. I'm like, okay. I'm definitely going to win this shit now. I ended up having like Mike Rogers, uh, Sue, you know, from, from China. Uh, he was in there. Uh, DeAndre Batson was in there. And bro, I just remember, gun goes off. Haul ass. And I don't know how fast I'm running. Like I'm just, man, I'm just, just hold it, just hold it, just hold it. I get to the line and out of the corner of my eye, I could see purple. So I knew it was Mike Rogers. Mm. You know, he's a runner, you know? And so I'm like, okay, he might, I thought he, I thought he won. Now, if you look at the video, I won by almost a half a tenth of a second. But in my eyes, I just saw purple at the finish line. So I'm like, okay, we dipped each other out. Like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. So I put my arm around him. And the girl, like, and you can see it on the, from the video, but the girl brings me the flowers. And I'm like, oh, this me? <laughs> Y'all can't tell me nothing. I knew, I, I did it. Oh, I did. Oh, man, listen. And I didn't, bro, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it until I got back on a plane the next day and flew back. To, to to America and I couldn't practice for like a week. My body was just yes, sir. Mm-hmm. listen, that was May 20th, 2015. I got a picture in my front room of the moment, you know, it happened. Somebody, uh, somebody, my son's mom actually gave it to me as a gift. Coincidentally, his birthday is May 20th, but he was born in 2018. Mm. So I guess that's just, you know, I guess that's just my lucky day. You know what it is, bro, man, and 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 for those listening, man, what makes those moments so special, right? Is because yeah, you envision it, 
right? Everybody got to envision where they want to be and where they want to get to and what they think is possible. But to actually see it on the board and to see something that you worked so hard for there, for, for that split second, you're just like, man, finally. Because you know you can do it. Bro, I, I, I topped that. So in 2012, I was supposed to go to the U.S. Olympic trials. And I used to say it so casually, like, yeah, I'm going to the Olympic trials. Like, you no, know, I was saying it as if I was going to make the team. First of all, 994 got like fourth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. I used to say it so casually, like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna make it, man. Like, I, I, like, I used to say I was gonna make the team, but I was like, I'm gonna go to the trials, like, not knowing how big of an event the Olympic trials is. That shit is the Olympics. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, like 10 of the top 20 runners in the world, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so I didn't go in 12 because I heard hamstring in my state championship track meet. So I get there in 16. And at the time leading up to trials, I had only ran three races. I ran a hundred in Germany in which Johan Blake won that race. I ran a meet at Dennis Mitchell's track meet and I actually ended up winning there. And then I ran a, um, I ran a hundred the street race that they just had in Boston. Mm-hmm. The first year I had it, I ran there and I actually ended up winning. I actually got, I got Johan in that one. So I won, it was three races I did, bro. And my next race two weeks later was Olympic trials. Mm-hmm. So three rounds. You know, I'm like, man, I go through the first round. I think I had Trayvon. Trayvon run the, run the first round with like 994. I ran like 1008. I'm like, okay, I ran 10 Like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. Come back the next day. Semis. Me and Mike Rogers in the semi. He wins the semi. He ran 998. I ran 999. I'm like, okay, come on. We got one more. Man, I lie to you not, bro. And I tell this story all the time to people that ask, bro, I'm laying in the back. Like, I'm on a massage table. Like, between the semis and the finals, I can't move. My body was so tired. I'm like, bro, how the, yeah, how, how am I gonna do this? I'm like, bro, how am I gonna do this? Like, our therapist came up and was like, hey, Marvin, it's time for you to start getting up. Y'all about 45 minutes out, like, start getting up and moving around. And I looked at him, he was Darren Brown, he's from Ireland. I was like, Darren, bro, I ain't gonna lie to you. I can't do it today. <laughs> I was like, bro, I said, I said, I don't think I can do it. And he, like, he, he helped me up and he was like, listen, he grabbed me up and he was like, listen, he's Irish, so he got an accent. So it was funny to me. And he was talking to me, but he was trying to be serious. And he was like, you got one more. You got one more. And I'm like, bro, like, I don't know. Like, man, I can't move. Like, bro, like, my legs feel heavy. And he was like, get up. He's like, you flush me real quick. He's like, get up, man. Come on, put your, put your shoes on. I put my shoes on. I do a run out. Bro, I'm not going to lie. I ran like 10 meters. And it felt like I ran 10,000 meters. I was so tired. Mm-hmm. I was, it's going to be rough. <laughs> I put my spikes on, you know, going through my, going through my phases, whatever. And all Coach Brahman, Coach Brahman walked me to the check-in table. And all he said to me, he got me up and he was like, hey, man, just be a game time performer. Mm. He's like, just, just be, all he said was be a game time performing. Dap me up. I went in the call room. So, you know, you set your blocks. I step out for like 10 meters. Gatlin step out behind me. I ain't gonna lie, but I took about four deep breaths. I was like, oh, I'm tired. Like, I was like, sure. Now, I ain't never in my life conceded a race. I ain't, I don't give damn who you are. I ain't never conceded a race. I'm like, Marv, man, listen. I was in two, Gat was in three. I was like, listen, Gat finna run nine seven. Hang on to his hip, yeah, and leave for the ride. Mm-hmm. Get out ten. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm here. He got me messed up. I'm here. And we go to stepping up. That man went to open it up. I'm like, oh shit, he's leaving. <laughs> oh, he gone. I'm like, oh, I'm in second though. Okay, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm on top three. I'm on top three. Come hold it, just hold it. But I'm getting tired. I'm getting tired. I look out the corner of my eye. I see orange spikes. It's Trayvon. I say, shit. Mm. Oh, go come on. Do not. I was like, do not let Trey beat you. Do not let Trey beat you. Come on, come on, come on. Man, I get to the line and I dip and I look to the right. Trayvon had I got second, got first. Trayvon got second and I look and it's me, 
Mike Rogers and Tyson all at the same time dipping. I'm like, oh shit, I got fist. <laughs> I ain't even thought the possibility of the relay. I ain't even thinking about that. Yeah. I'm like, man, I done got fist. Big team, dog. And I squatted down, but I remember the announcer. Like, I ain't even looking up at the board. I hear the announcer saying, I think Barbara Bracey might have got third. And I was like, I look up at the screen like, who? <laughs> ain't no way. So like you said, bro, when you see stuff, you see all that work bro, come full circle. It's like, man, like to actually make the Olympic team felt better than anything ever because it was like, bro, I, I said I was going to do this. Like, I really said to myself, at some point, I'm like, I'm going to make the Olympic team. Mm-hmm. You do it, man. It's like, it's like you said, just like running nine seconds. Yeah, you say you want to do it. You say you're going to do it. You train for it. But when you do it, it's like, you, you don't expect it. It's like, man... I don't know. People, people ask me about it. I'm like, man, I don't know what to tell you, bro. Like, how, how did you do it? I don't know. Bro. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's so funny you said that. I remember that same year, right, Olympic trials. Um, man, I had ran like 10, 10, 15 in the heats, but I shut it down like 50 meters. I'm like, oh, boy. I'm like, man, Andre and Aaron going to have to see me from the first jump. But then I remember going back, and I was doing a little cool down run, and my calf started throbbing. And I was just like, oh, man, I'm cramping. And so I sat down and I was just like, oh, man, this ain't going to be good. And I'm looking over, Dre looking bouncy, Aaron looking nice. I'm just like, oh, man, they still going to have to see me. But it's all those things that people don't see behind the scenes, right? They only see the final product. And so, man, last question before we get into the last five, and we got to touch on it, man. Um, 2017, 2019, you decided to go back to football for a little bit, man. I know you said... It was something that you had to cross off of, but at the same time, man, that's a different beast. That's a different monster, right? Not that track is elite. Football is elite. They're all on the same level, but everything is a little different. The movement is different, but you've been so focused on running straight for so long, right? What was that transition like? Because now you got to go from not only running straight, but you know, sideways, agility, speed, catching all these different things. But now you have this behind your back. People are always going to be wondering, because I dealt with the same thing when I went with the Hamilton Tiger cast. They're going to know three things. Football cat coming out. Can he run fast in pads? Can he catch? Can he run fast in pads? <laughs> walk, walk me through a little bit about that timeline for you, man. So, okay. So I'll take you back. Okay. So it's uh, May 31st of 2017. So I hadn't walked away from track. I had started training for football. Come to find out at the New Orleans Saints rookie mini camp that I had a double hernia. They, they the ones, was the one who told me like it was double and they sent me back home. So I go, I get the surgery. No, I'm sorry. I got, I did, I figured that out in early May. I got the surgery on May 31st. So I was out for about four, about four or five weeks. And I started itching to like get up and start training again. So I start moving around again. The Cowboys cut Lucky Whitehead. They fly me out to auction, to, to auction of California. Try me out. I ran the 40. I think I ran like 445. And so that, I didn't check off the, can he run fast, you know, on a football field mm-hmm. because they see us. We supposed to run four oh three nine every time. Three seventy two. But the thing is, I, and then I, I, I lied on my paperwork because I didn't tell them that I had a hernia. Like I, I lied about the dates, so I because they didn't want them to look at me and be like, "Damn, he hurt." Like I ain't, you know what I'm saying? On him, he damaged goods. So I lied about the dates or whatever. But I, I, I was, I was still in a little bit of pain, but I was like, "Hey, fuck it." I did. I, I ran the routes, caught the ball, everything. Did everything except run the forty time that they wanted. So I say, okay, all they care about is if I can run fast. Cool. Go back home, started training for the forty. I go to a uh, couple of, about five, five or six days later, Indianapolis, Indianapolis coach called me. Hey, man, what you going to try out? You going to run the 40, going to run some routes. Okay, boom. It's on the 40. I go out there, I run like 432. Mm. 
didn't matter what else I did the rest of that workout, I was signing that day. That's signed crazy, with the Colts. Bro. Went through signed with the Colts. I uh um went through all the physical stuff, passed all the tests, did everything, started practicing, started, you know, turning some heads. And then, you know, cut day come, they call my phone, like, hey man, you know, we ain't really get enough on you. You know, we're gonna have to let you go. Cool. Boom. I go back home. I was like, okay, now I know how to process. You this how the tryouts go. So then the next year, uh Seattle called me. Hey man, we want to try you out. So I come out there as I'm warming up. The offensive coordinator who was in Seattle was the offensive coordinator in, in Indianapolis the year before. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm good. I got mm-hmm. this. Run a 40, ran like four, three low, ran the routes, did everything. I'm talking about turning. I, I can hear, but I'm running. I can hear people go, wow, oh my God. Look at, you know what I'm saying? I can hear. So I mean, I know, I know I'm running fast. Sign with them, same process. Turning heads, making plays happen. Like, but there was time, there was people like that was inside of, on the team thinking that I was gonna make the team. Yeah. Same thing happens. I get cut. Okay, cool. So now how are we gonna do this? Then my agent was like, man, there's this new league coming up. It's called the AAF. You'll be shooting. He's like, Marvin, if you, you he said you got you got the skills, man. They just want you, they just want some film on you. Cool. They had a team in Orlando. So I'm home. Yeah, you know, I try, I get with the team. Make the team, whatever. First game, we play in the UCF stadium. Punt coming down. I look up, look down, see where they at. And as I look up, it hits me right in my chest and goes through my arms. Mm. <sighs> On that, <laughs> television. Hey, that blowdown says it all. <laughs> it drops. I see it. I say, uh uh-uh, get that ball back. I go get the ball and die for it. Somebody runs into my arm. This arm right here runs into it. And you can't see the scar, but it's a scar right here. Breaks my arm. Ah, oh, bro. Ooh. Yeah, breaks my arm. So I get the surgery for it. I'm out four. I'm out six. I come back week seven, week eight. Come out. We get ready to go to practice. They everybody come back in the locker room. League folds. Ain't no more money. So this is like this is like March of 2019. I'm like, man, what the? You know what? The Olympics gonna be next year. I'm going back to track, man. I ain't gonna play with y'all no more. I ain't, I'm oh, out of here. Man. Then I was what 185, 186. So I had them put on some weight. So now I gotta go back down to like 168. Like, I gotta, hey man. Man, bro, that's fun. That's crazy, bro. Because man, before we get into these last fun five questions, man, in retrospect, bro, you know, what are you now? 27? 27, yeah. Man, you, 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 I think one of the biggest things that people don't understand about you, man, is, you know, you've lived a couple lives. <laughs> I live with two people, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you've had the spotlight on you since you were a kid, right? And then just to see where you are now, obviously, no individual has everything figured out and we never will. We're not perfect. We're not God. We're not Jesus. But at the same time, man, I hope maybe, you know, down the road or even, sometime in the near future, bro, that you take some time to reflect and to just appreciate where you are and what you had to overcome. Because when we're in it, right, we're so focused on the destination, we don't think about, wait a minute, this is where I started from. This is where I am today, bro. So if it's one thing that I would tell you, man, is, man, don't be afraid to tell yourself you're proud of yourself, bro, because you have over exceeded all expectations, bro. You made it out, bro. You know how hard that is? You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't, it ain't. I don't really sit down. I'm always thinking about you know, down the line, and how can I get that? How can I get that? Now we're really thinking about, you know, in the moment. And I saw something about, I, th- I think I think I saw this, and it said something about, you know, I wish you could, I wish we really didn't know when we were in the good old days, like in the good old days. Like, you don't really think about it until, yeah. like, like I said, like, 
my I've been this would be my eighth year professional. Like it's crazy because like when I tell people like yeah, some of the people that I was training with, like I came in it was Kellyanne Baptiste and Keston Blevin and Kel Ashby, Lonzo Edwards, some beast, some beast. And like think about it, they 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 six seven years older than me. So like I get up they, the age I am now is where they were when I came in. And when I talk to them today, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm going to be 30 soon. They're like, what? I'm going to be 28 this year. They're like, you're going to be 28 this year. Like, yeah, bro, I was 19 when I came here, bro. Like, still wet behind the ears, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Still don't look like, you know what I'm saying? And so just looking back, it's like, man, that's crazy because, like, it's really been eight years. Like, I've been around this for eight years. Like, and I've seen so many different ways. I've seen, you know, I came in and I was Marvelous Marv. You know, you come in, you get a you get a nickname, you're doing something. I was Marvelous Marv, you know what I'm saying? I watched Trayvon come in, have his, you know, two, three years of glory. And then, you know, bro, had his foot surgery and stuff like that. Christian came in. He's taking over. You know what I'm saying? It, this door is ever evolving. It's ever hey, evolving. You still there though? You still there though, bro? That's something to say, man. Still chugging. Last five, bro. If last five questions, nothing, shoot, nothing too taxing, man. It should be easy stuff, right? Question number one, man. You're if you're trapped on an island for a week, and you can only bring three things. What three things you bring? Bring my son. Bring my phone. Um, my son, my phone, and my dog. I need my dog. <laughs> top three. N next question, man. I know you're big on music, man. Give me your top three albums of all time. Oh, easy. Carter one, Carter two, Carter three. I knew you was gonna say that too. <laughs> easy. Question easy. three, man. What was the hardest workout you ever done? One that made you question, like, man, I ain't gonna do this no more, bro. Bro, in high, so people don't know in high school, like I trained, well, I had a personal coach in high school who's actually, his name is Ricky Argro. He's the coach. When I met him, bro, he was getting like a stipend. He was like an assistant coach, at, like a volunteer at a school in Orlando. He's now, he, he went to Florida State and he's part of the reason I went to Florida State. So shout out to Ricky Argro. All y'all kids watching, Florida State is a place to be. They actually got regionals today. I'm going to go out there and check out some of the races. He's the coach there now. Mm, he's mm, coach yeah. at, at, he was, and he ran under Ken Harrington. When Walt, Walter Dixon all of was in school, he went there. So, like I said, he's a part of the reason. Man, and I used to train with him in high school, like after my high school training. The man in high school, the man made me do 16 200s. See, right? I, ain't doing, I ain't doing that, bro. I'm sorry. So, the that. first set was time. <laughs> no, listen, I, I said the same thing. The first set was time. He kept tricking me because he's like, how great do you want to be? You know what? All right, cool. So, this, no, no, this, no, it, ain't just, it ain't just I lined up and did 16. First of all, they was all under 28. There was 28 seconds or better. So when I tell people that, they're like, oh, that's not, that's a joke. Okay, cool. You go ahead and do it. And then the worst thing, you start with three-minute recovery. And each time you run, it knocks off 15 seconds. So when you go from number seven to number eight, you got a minute and 15 seconds to turn around and run it again. Mm. Eight-minute break, and you do it all over again. That second set really is just pure, like, I just can't quit. Like, you know, I, I'm fine. Oh, will. <laughs> Bro, that was the hardest. Thing I think I ever had to do in my entire existence. I was like, bro, what? What? Who? People? I don't. You know what, bro? I actually be really great, really good. I ain't actually be great because this is the great program. <laughs> I don't, if this is the real, like, I just want to be down like, here. I don't want to. I'm cool like, off that today. I really want to run nine seconds in high school no more. Like, <laughs> I ran ten oh like three times. I'm cool, bro. I'm cool. <laughs> Man. Question four, you know, I actually had a different question, but then I saw your son come in. Um, man, what 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 has your son taught you since he was born, man? Because 
let's go back to what you said at the beginning, man. Unfortunately, your, your father passed away and you didn't really have a role model to really teach you certain things, man. What, what, what are some things that your son has taught you and kind of showed you because unconditional love, you never really understand until you get a child yourself. What has your son taught you, man? Kind of answered it right there, man. Like I, listen, I love my mom to death, but you know, me and her have had some rocky times. You know, I've had people, you know, that were close to me, you know, come and go. Like I've, I've had some, you know, some close people turn on me, you know, I've always, you know, felt like I was one of the most solid people to ever walk the face of this earth. We all have our faults, but I felt like, man, like I got, when I, when I call you my people, like I, you know, I got your back. But he taught me the meaning of unconditional love and patience. Like I was one of the most mm. impatient. And also, well, I've always had a level, a high level of selflessness, but he, he took, he like, it's overflowing because like now every time I think about something like, it's not just through the lens of myself. Like I look at it and then there's another lens saying, okay, like this is my son because he literally, he's, we were in the, he, he's made it past the no phase. And now he's in the emulating everything I do. Yeah. And say, so like, I got a video, like I watch track videos sometimes. I got a video of him lining up like with the TV, like it's, it's a, the 2015 world championship, 100 meter final. And he's lining up with the TV. Getting like, ready. Yeah. And he takes off. <laughs> So like that's why like, so I, for me my my I, I'm 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 running until 2028 LA like that's gonna be my last one want to lose because I want I took three years off so I'm gonna I'm gonna get them three years back for one and for two I want to run long enough for him to see me and see how hard I work just so he knows at a very young age okay this is what my daddy does this is what, how he provides this but you know and so for me man like just he taught me so like I said selflessness unconditional love and patience because listen it's bro, dealing with a three year old oh my god oh, bro. Like, Come People on, don't every day like i gotta go to the park every day bro every every day bro despite how you feel i gotta but he don't you know bro i just had i just had 250 250 150 all out eight minute recovery like bro, i don't want to play today but you can't i can't say no you know i don't want to no i don't I, I i can't and i don't say no like yeah we might alter some things but i gotta chase you around the house every day bro like i need some water first like we get gay rate or something bro like you know what i'm saying but that, that's pretty much what he taught me though man Last question, bro, man. Every, every, everything that you've been through to get to this point, bro, everything that you had to overcome, man, from being patient, from, you know, keeping your faith right, from being, um, making sure that you're in the right state of mind, man. If there was one word to describe you, bro, what would that one word be and why? Resilient. Because, man, like, I, I, I refuse to ever, like, give up and, and bow down to anything. Like, but it's, you know, it's going to take for God to just call me home for me to really like quote unquote and that's, that's it like it's just resilient man I, I i'm I, I keep going like this season has been up and down for me i don't you know get online and post about it every time i run a bad race or something i don't get online and post about it i just keep on chugging because like i said one nobody cares and two i know what's going on you know so when i when 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 when, when it's strike like i wanted to when when, it, when the time up like i wanted to I know what happened. I know what I've been through. My coach knows what I've been through. My training partners know what I've been through. You, that's why people don't have to know. Y'all, y'all know. You know soon enough. So like, I refuse to give up, man. I'm one of the most resilient people to ever, ever exist. Bro, I appreciate your time, man. I'm obviously gonna plug in where people can follow you, man. But where can people keep in touch with you, man? Because I know you got trials coming up pretty soon. Yeah, man. Via social media, man. So uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. 
Snapchat at brace yourself, man. That's me. Um, I follow back. So <laughs> yeah, but just keep up, man. Like we got Charles, we got Charles here in what less than a month. You know, I got I race on Monday. Uh, American Track League here in Jacksonville. We'll be on ESPN too. I race next week in Miramar. That'll probably be my last one before I boot up to get ready to go to Oregon and uh, turn some hits. Hey, man. Man. Yeah. There's a lot of times in life, bro, where sometimes you don't got to say nothing. The work going to show, bro. So, man, it's about to come, bro. Appreciate your time, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah.